Hello, welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name is Brianna, and I am your author and host today as we are working through the book of Ephesians. And today we are in Ephesians chapter 4. We're at the end of the chapter, and we're using my book, Revealed in Ephesians, The Mystery of Who I Am in Christ, as a study guide. And we are in week 8, and um, we have been extending our study on how to deal with anger and Um, yesterday we talked about how to deal with anger and the devil. And I realized as I was thinking through it and listening back over the broadcast that I really want to give you a two-minute, succinct, very clear um, set of tools to deal with. Um, If you have a a spiritual stronghold in your life um, due to anger, and then we're going to move on into finding joy and following God's example, which is a very refreshing place to go after talking about anger for three days. (laughs) Um, So which is the whole purpose, um, as we are rooted in the Lord and we're rooted in His love, um, that will produce good fruit. So we've got to get out those old roots. We've got to pull those old roots up of um, the things that are in our lives, the weeds that are choking out all of the good and beautiful things that God wants to bring um, forth in our lives. So here is a tool I'm going to give you. If um, we, We're going to start by reading the scripture, um, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Now, in the first three days, we went thoroughly over this verse, but let's just, um, as I give you these uh, tools for dealing with the devil um, in the next minute, let's just look at this, that um, the devil can get a foothold where there is sin that is not immediately dealt with, and this, the the litmus test for us (laughs) is to know if we have let the sun set on our anger. And we know from the previous days of study that anger doesn't mean just wrath. It can mean irritation, exasperation, just that really um, rough, coarse feeling in your soul you get with somebody or with a situation. Um, The Lord wants us to uproot that. Now, that doesn't mean to ignore it. That doesn't mean to put on a happy face and pretend that the offenses did not happen, but it does mean to deal with it in prayer, to take these things to the Lord, and to always let Jesus be our plumb line. And the plumb line, you know, that is the um, the thing that carpenters use whenever they are squaring up like a wall or a house. They want to make sure something is straight. You make sure you always compare it to the plumb line, which is straight. So we are want to compare our motives our heart, our mercy, our grace to Jesus. Jesus, who, whenever he was on the cross, said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. To the people who were hurling insults at him and um, spitting on him, and they had beaten him for hours and hours and not given him anything to drink. And this is these are people that he was dying for, and he had to forgive them, and he wanted to forgive them. And we need to get our hearts back into that place before the sun goes down. As believers, this is an extremely important 
important tool. And God gives us that time through the day to process because, you know, it's, it's, it's probably pretty impossible to just poof, the bad feelings gone. Um, it's not even about feelings. It is about intentions. It's about intentions and it's about, um, and decisions and obedience. To be obedient, to say, yes, I was offended. I was hurt, but I'm going to obey. So here we go. We've talked about the things that can allow the devil entry is to not deal with our anger in a spiritual, godly, and forgiving, grace-filled way before the sun goes down. That means a resolution of some sort, even if it means between you and Jesus. So if you have gone overnight and you have allowed that to happen, you've allowed that to fester and not deal with it, then the devil can have a foothold. And so how do we deal with that? Number one, we repent. So you need to repent of the unforgiveness, the bitterness. You need to, in the name of Jesus, remember our power and our authority is in Christ. So you may say, Brianna, why do I have to say the name of Jesus so much? Why in your book do you say in Jesus' name? So many times, because I have no other authority to go before the throne of grace with freedom and confidence except through the name of Jesus. So I say the name of Jesus. I say, God, I forgive this person who who has hurt me, has rejected me, has exasperated me, has gotten on my nerves again. I forgive them in Jesus' name, not in my own power and not my own strength. My feelings are weak. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. So right now I surrender to you. It's an easy prayer. It's, it's, um, it's easy because Jesus does the work. All we need to do is obey and speak the truth to the Lord. And we declare that. And if you can resolve it with that person, but as far as the devil having authority, it's not necessary. It, the Bible doesn't say here, um, to go, you have to make something right before the sun goes down. But it does say um, that you need to make it right with the Lord, at least, before the sun goes down. And then it says, um, if the devil does get a foothold, because you did not do that, um, you will know. I mean, when the devil has a foothold in something, it is confusing. There's confusion. There is bitterness. There's contention. There's chaos. There's unforgiveness. There's hatred. And ultimately, the worst that it can get is is murder. I mean, you know, that kind of thing happens in our society. And more and more than ever before, we're seeing horrible stories of women. You, you never used to read this before, but women murdering their children. And that sounds like an extreme thing to say, but we have lost... We have lost the art, the spiritual ability in our society of learning how to give those, those dark feelings, those, those angry places, um, the irritation, the, the things that really boil down inside of us. We have lost that giving that to the Lord. And our society has moved further and further away from the cross of Jesus Christ. And... Um, we need to make sure that when we, we've sinned and we've allowed the enemy access, that we deal with it immediately. So when you realize, maybe you don't realize it, or maybe you did realize it and you didn't care, because I've been there too, because I've been so mad, I don't care, which is kind of a rebellion and self-centeredness. So again, repent, 
Um, ask that. Ask the Lord to forgive you for the unforgiveness. Forgive the person in Jesus' name. Make it right with them as if possible. But immediately, you can command Satan to leave. Say, Satan, I know you had access because of my unforgiveness and my anger. But I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no th- authority or power in my life in Jesus' name. Anger, bitterness, resentment, chaos, um, filthy language, whatever has been flying around your house, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. Um, any enemy, because you know, you're just going to clean the whole house. Say, in the name of Jesus, any enemy that had access and authority through my sin and through um, so whoever else's sin that was involved in the name of Jesus, I take this back, this territory, our home for Christ. I take myself back for Christ in Jesus' name. And um, you can command, you can say, Satan, leave me in Jesus' name. I command anger. And one day I had, I have had a couple different times in my life where the Lord has removed anger and I can't describe it in any way except I was in a situation that was kind of a constant boil over from day to day, and it was never dealt with. And I never really truly got, you know, I wasn't uprooting those irritating feelings and anger and bitterness as I went. And I got to this boiling point and inside of me, and the Lord had to get me alone and um, got me alone in the hospital when my youngest, Isaac, um, was three months old and I had to um, I had to be laying in a hospital room with him in a croup tent um, for the Lord to deal with me, and I was just up all night. And the Lord said, "You know, you have to get rid of this anger." So there in the ho- I I didn't give myself any quiet time with God. Um, I hadn't been, and there I was in the hospital, and I just I cried because I thought, Lord, if it came to this that I had to be in the hospital all alone in a room with well with my son. For you to talk to me, please forgive me if I've been that closed off to you. And I, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for my anger. Um, Remove it from me. I command anger to leave me in Jesus' name. Remove anger from me. And it just felt like the anger was like pulled up out of me. And I, I felt the freedom immediately. It just left. And I felt so light. And, and actually, Isaac was immediate Isaac was better by the next morning he was released from the hospital he was healed and he was very very sick and um, there's been a couple times that's happened in my life where I the Lord just instructed me by the spirit and um, I I said I just rebuke anger in the name of Jesus leave me and I felt that leave so if that's you there's some very clear instruction on that and I want to move in to, for a few minutes, I want to move into finding joy and following God's example. Many times when we're angry, our anger is rooted in selfishness. I mean, there are some really genuine times where you're genuinely hurt and distressed. So let's set aside the big, big hurts, okay? And let's talk about the everyday things. Um, I'm going to read Ephesians 4.17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. See, that's what I had done. Um, And I wasn't even, um, I was a believer, but I was living like a Gentile. I had hardened my heart to God. And when this says Gentile, 
at that time, in the Apostle Paul's context, Gentiles were non-Jewish people, and so they were, you know, polytheistic. They worshipped idols and, you know, the Roman and Greek gods. And so he's saying uh, they have no understanding of the one true living God. Don't live like that. Don't live like you don't know God. Don't harden your heart. It says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and you were taught in Him with accordance, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, <clears throat> to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. So I want to stop right there and say there's there's some more we're going to do read in a minute, but here he's giving an example of some extreme things. And one is a thief, somebody who has just lived their lives very selfishly, not having a job, just going around stealing from people or mooching off of people. And he's saying that when Jesus Christ comes into a person like that, that they not only are transformed from the inside out to stop stealing. It's not just like, stop that, stop stealing, that's bad. You know, it's, they want to give, they want to work. So he's saying that person would work hard and then have a desire to be a giver, a philanthropist, someone who would help others instead of taking. So when we meet Jesus Christ and Jesus lives inside of us um, through the Holy Spirit, the character of God is developed in us. So God's character is to give, not to steal. God's character is to be kind when somebody reviles us. God's character is to think, to know the best about somebody and to believe in people. He believes in you. Like our tendency is to focus on our weaknesses. Our tendency is to focus on like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have enough time. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too weak. There's no hope. But when God sees you, he sees hope and he sees a future. And he sees like it doesn't matter how old you are, how old, young, how young you are, or how sick you are. He sees hope. He sees a future. And he breathes that into us through the Holy Spirit. And he breathes faith into us and persuades us. And so that kind of hope also changes our minds and our attitudes. It helps us to not live for ourselves. Like it says at the beginning there, when it says um, the futility of their thinking. So that futility is always thinking of yourself, always thinking um you know, let us eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we're going to die. You know, I'm just going to be put in the dirt, so I might as well live it up and live for myself right here, right now, because there's no eternity. But we know that we live, we have an awesome God who was and is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And so He is an overcomer, and we are overcomers in Christ. So he takes this, he takes those people who have a darkened understanding and they're separated from life and he fills them with life and he fills us with joy. And that joy 
It comes from putting, here's the little acronym, Jesus first, others second, and yourself at the end of the line. And when I was young and I was in children's church, I remember this song. I'm going to sing it to you. It's, it's so cute, um, and it's great to sing to your kids. But it's put Jesus first and others second and put yourself at the end of the line and you will find great joy in your heart for J-O-Y. All right. Anyway, so I love that song because it's true. If we're just living for ourselves, it's like a kid, you know, at Christmas that they're just they just want to get a present. But then as you get older, you just realize you don't care if you get a present. You are more excited about what you're going to give to somebody else. You know, going shopping, thinking like, "Oh, how can I really surprise this person?" There's so much more joy in that whole journey of blessing somebody else and building somebody else up than there is in like coveting something and wanting something for yourself. And that temporary, you know, we kind of have these imaginations when we want something when we're a kid. And and if we don't get it, then we're disappointed. Um, We might be elated. I was in the 1980s when my grandmother got me um, my first pair of jeans with like checkers all over them. I was, I hugged her for like 10 minutes. It was incredible because I, before that I was so nerdy. My jeans were just plain. They weren't like splashed with paint or like ripped up like everybody else's, but grandma got me the checkered jeans. But anyway, I I digress on that. But that she had that joy of giving to me and then receiving that response back that she just um, that I hugged her and I heard her later telling my parents, Brianna just wouldn't let go of me. She wouldn't let go of me. And I thought, you wouldn't let go of me. <laughs> so we were both just enjoying that embrace because of that, our relationship. So the Lord, as he delivers us from our sin, he delivers us from that nature of self-centeredness. And it always wants to rear its ugly head. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have to tell the Ephesians, I insist on this in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do because they were they had received the renewed nature in Christ their minds had been renewed um, but their their spirits had been made alive but they're not living like it and that's what we see now people will say well like if Christianity is true then why why is the world a mess and why are there so many hypocrites and then you'll see Christians respond with Christians aren't perfect just forgiven and that seems kind of like a cop-out really doesn't it? It does. I mean, we are forgiven, but we're not just forgiven. We're forgiven and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And here we're told, we're told this is how you live when you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Like live like it, tap into that power, tap into that joy. Don't just live for yourself. Don't just um, be caught up in self-pity. Um. It says, be made new in the attitude of your mind. So our minds before Christ are programmed with worldly thinking. Me, 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 mine, 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 complaining, um, complaining thoughts, depressed thoughts, anxious thoughts. And not that believers don't have those thoughts, but we can learn to give those thoughts over and have our minds renewed. How do we renew them? Number one, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're doing a Bible study, you're on the right track. Renewing your mind daily through scripture, 
renewing your mind daily through prayer. And it says here, created, so put on the new self. So you're taking off those old habits, those bad habits, those things that are um, holding you down and putting on our new self. So we actually have to do that. So people will get into this these arguments like, oh, you're talking works and that's works for salvation and that's not that's not salvation. You know, they'll, they'll quote the scripture in Ephesians. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works lest any man should, oh, it is a gift from God, not by works lest any man should boast. So they'll quote that scripture and they'll take it out of context and say, oh, we never have to do anything. Like, oh, now that you're saved, now that you said the sinner's prayer, you're going to heaven, you don't have to do anything, just trust Jesus. That is completely throwing out the entirety of Jesus's word, the scripture, where it says, put off your old self, put on your new self. And how do we put that on? We've already talked about it. But then Paul tells us, speak truthfully to your neighbor, don't lie. It's easy to lie in the smallest ways, a lie. And I'm not somebody who is like naturally prone to that, but I'm definitely someone who, if I feel like someone's going to be mad at me, it's easy to like, oh, I could just say this and they would just not be mad at me. I could just say this little exaggeration and change the story just enough that they're not going to be mad at me. And that's a lie. And I have had to repent for that myself in the past, even though I'm not like a habitual liar, but the Lord will speak to my heart and say, eh, Brianna, that wasn't 100% true. You need to speak truthfully. You need to go apologize to that person, tell them you lied. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So if we have these standards of righteousness, then Christ is going to shine out of us. And it says we're all members of one body. Then that's when he tells us, in your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Oh, here's something else. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And I'm going to close with this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Remember at the beginning, Paul said, you have been sealed with the Spirit. He is, he is on you. He is sealing you. And you are the promise of God. But don't grieve that Spirit. The Spirit of God is not a feeling it's not a, a, a thought. It's not like energy. A lot of people confuse new age teaching. There is a ton of new age teaching out there. And I hear Christians quote new age teaching all the time. The Holy Spirit is not an energy force. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is, the, he is God. And when we do not treat other people well, and we don't put off our old self and learn how to speak kindly to people and learn how to let that interaction with others be from God's love, it says that he is grieved. And that is the same grief. The word in the Greek means it is lupeo. It's the same pain that is in childbirth. And if you have had a child, (laughs) 
if you have ever had a child, you know that the intensity, I there's really hardly another word other than intensity of the pain. Here is God living in you, living in your spouse or living in another believer. And if you are gossiping about that person or in contention with them, the Holy Spirit's in both of you. It's The Holy Spirit is... He is can be grieved in an intense pain. And I have found myself where the Lord has shown me, um, Brianna, how much his heart is hurt um, in my life in the past whenever something hasn't been right with someone. And I almost feel like there's like that crying inside. Um, And... And my stomach will kind of hurt a little bit. And you know what? The Lord has taught me this past couple years is, I am so sorry, Holy Spirit, for grieving you. Please forgive me for hurting you. Because when we hurt other people, we hurt we hurt the Holy Spirit. We cause pain in Him. So we don't want to do that. We have the opposite desire is to... Um, to get rid of all of those things. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So we're going to leave on that happy note of being kind and compassionate, having the Lord Jesus Christ's forgiveness in your heart um, towards others and... um, I want you to focus on that today and, and really seek the Lord on those things. God bless you. And tomorrow we are going to talk about dismantling the Cain response. Have a great day. 